Download the app. Bet big, win bigger. I've got to tell you, I really like the sound of that. And with WinBet, it's just that easy. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. So if you're from Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, or right here in Virginia, sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $5, win $400. If you're a new WinBet player, you can make your first deposit of $20 or more and become eligible for the offer after opting in. Following your first deposit, you can place a minimum $5 straight bet on any spread, over, under, or money line wager with odds of minus 120 or greater and have a chance to win $400 as a free bet credit. Come on, guys and gals. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. Download the app, bet big, and win bigger. And let's get after it. Terms and conditions apply, must be 21 or older, and present in a state where WinBet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too. 1-800-889-9789. Sky looks bigger than he is. The Jordan Davis is his name. He was yeah, like, he's that, in the that. Heisman race. Like he, earlier in the year, I was like, who, okay, I got all these quarterbacks, running backs, okay. Giant guy down at Georgia, like doesn't even have a big stat line, just just big. That's the picture that's going viral, right? Yes, there's a, there's a guy who's six foot three, 315 pounds. And as the picture pans out, there's Jordan Davis, and he looks like Andre the Giant next to another cast member in Princess Bride. Like, he's the biggest Russian doll. You know how there's Russian dolls? He's the biggest one. How many uh, turkeys have you killed this year alone? <sighs> Me personally? Yeah. Um, Do you pull the trigger? No, we shocked them. One by one. For real, voltage. How many volts? Um, I forget, maybe 1,600? Enough a lot. to feed the family, huh? It's a lot. But believe it or not, some of them are very resilient. <laughs> okay, that's all we need to hear. I don't need Thanksgiving ruined. <laughs> Uh, my son is like lukewarm on the idea of like, there's a movie, they were watching a cartoon this weekend. Chicken Run? No, it's a movie about turkeys and like uh, they go to rescue all these turkeys that are going down this conveyor belt and they're going to be on the table on Thanksgiving. There's a movie that teaches kids about how turkeys are like offed and there's like protagonist and all this shit, dude. So the last thing Waylon needs to hear about Uncle Nate is that he uh, kills turkeys every year. Yo, to Easton, Pennsylvania. Why Easton? Easton because this week it's Thanksgiving week and Easton is home of one of the longest running high school rivalries in football, 
played on Thanksgiving between the Eastern Red Rovers and the Phillipsburg Statliners. The Phillipsburg Statliners is in New Jersey, separated by a river, hence where the forks of the Delaware Trophy that they're playing for, that's where it came from. Easton is going for the record this year with six wins in a row, and it will be the longest that either school has ever gotten. Who paid you to say hello to Easton, Pennsylvania? Is there some rich person listening to our podcast? Just a fan. Got my guy Casey off of, off of Twitter. He How hit much me up. did you get on Ven- on Venmo, dude? No, to no, shout no. Out yo, why do why do you think that <laughs> everyone <laughs> is paying me? It's actually a really beautiful area. Yeah, I, I'm sure I the, drive through there sure when I go up to New York all the time, yeah. and it's like, yeah, it's really cool. Also, guys also Venmo listen, listen to oh. get into the hello here. Also, the game has to be played at a local college because yeah. of how many people come to the game. And the game starts at 10.30 a.m. Yeah. All the local bars open at 7.30 to 8 in that area. And ESPN showed, they, they aired it one time in 88. In 88. Yeah. <laughs> in 88. <laughs> Breaking news, new head coach for Easton High School, Nate Collins. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's something like that. No, I think it's as simple as guys like, yo, shout out Easton, Dr. Fax. They got this cool high school game here. It's been going a while. And then Nate's like, what's it to you? And the guy's like, you got a Venmo. Slips him 75 bucks, and here we are talking about a fucking rivalry in Easton for some reason. They got a liberal arts college stadium some years. So it's not. I mean, no offense. They probably kick, kick my high school team's ass, it sounds like, but. And it's not for a Venmo, it's it's for potential Pokemon cards. But we'll talk about <laughs> I told you. I told you, man. Easton, Pennsylvania. There had to be some great reason. So it's shout Dr. out to Fax. the Red Rovers. Get that sixth win in a row this week. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. Playing for Pokemon. You ever heard the the read the book Playing for Pizza by John Grisham? No. Playing for Pokemon by Dr. Fax. <laughs> Anything else going on in your life? <laughs> huh? Are you good? Having a good week? <laughs> I'm having a great week. Yeah, I bet you are. <laughs> Planning some trips. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Layup line. Crossroads. Bone Thugs and Harmony. Cowboy Reed got me some uh, flaming Hot Cheetos, Applebee's Chicken Tenders, and I will see those things at the crossroads, if you know what I mean. <laughs> We're going to taste those uh, at the end of the show tonight. <laughs> I feel like the minute they go in your uh, stomach, they, they, it looks like a like a comet going through space. Do, do we have... Do like we have, working its way down your large intestine. Do just, we have Tums here? No, I don't need Tums. I got a seal trap. <laughs> it looks like... We, it sounds like they're getting... I ate 14 waffles like a little while ago. I'll be back there soon. But What's flaming up, Hot Cheetos sound like they'll give you heartburn, bro. You're right. They probably will. <laughs> they probably will. There are some Tums downstairs if you need them. I probably might yes. bring that some waffle home. House. Yeah. Uh, adventure this is the uh second appearance for the crossroads by bone thunks and harmony on our green light layup line dude crossroads making a second appearance the first two-time layup line appearer congratulations to bone thugs and harmony you can come on the podcast whenever you want you guys can come on the podcast whenever you want come to charlottesville so everybody will sit down we'll have a big 
celebration. That'll be lit. That'll be lit. That'll be super lit. What's going to be lit are the, these uh, Cheetos later, these chicken tender Cheetos from Applebee's later. Not even getting paid. Some of you people at corporate have no idea how lucky you are. We're just giving you free advertisement. Or, or not. We'll hey see guys, how they are. We'll see how they are. Don't believe him. Don't about. believe him. Yeah, right. You're not getting paid. I'm yeah. not getting paid. Oh, yeah. Sure, I'm sure you're not. Oh, I see what you're I, doing. I'm sure you're not from Applebee's. Two-time uh, Super Bowl yeah, winner. Yeah. yeah, right. You're not getting paid. No, I'm not. The ad read wouldn't go like, hey, I plan to shit these chicken tenders out later. Like, <laughs> that's basically what I just said a few minutes ago. Okay. You think they're paying me to say that? Hey, man. They should. <laughs> do you still get that Applebee's money? Didn't you have an Applebee's I commercial? I did have an Applebee's commercial at one See point. That? Look at that. You, you're not fooling anybody. You are this not is fooling gonna anybody. Have to check with Brian and, now you're, and now you're using my likeness to try this and support it without me knowing? Man, look <laughs> at you, bro. <laughs> I respect uh, it. But look at you. No, I was with Applebee's a long time ago. It was before they went <laughs> Flaming Hot Cheetos. This is a new era in Applebee's. It was okay. even before the uh, $1 Long Island iced tea. I make wow. Yeah, this is like I'm like Cam Newton maybe making a return to Applebee's, to the Carolina Panthers, to the Applebee's franchise. I've been away too long. It's been a couple years since I I made I did an Applebee's ad. Maybe I'll be doing a Flaming Hot Cheetos ad. <laughs> yeah, I'll never be like Jared Casey. Shout out the kid who landed that awesome NIL commercial with Applebee's. Me and him in an ad together. Yeah, he's lit. He's lit. He's a great actor, too. My favorite part of the commercial was when he was rubbing his hands before he got his meal. All right. You're he not, was like, now you're reviewing the commercial. All right, you're taking it too far. He's Come getting on. fucking paid. I'm excited. This <laughs> is my on. guy, dude. <laughs> Come on. Come I thought on. he was like Leo in there in the Applebee's, bro. Never have I ever talked this much about Applebee's. Okay, we'll talk about it more later. Let's talk football. <laughs> I got a couple of awards to give out. Just off the top, college football, number one, the OA Award. This fucking guy down at Georgia. Okay, I knew he was big, but you know how some people look bigger than they are? Yeah. This guy looks bigger than he is. The Jordan Davis is his name. He was yeah, like, he's that, in the that. Heisman race. Like he, Earlier in the year, I was like, who, okay, I got all these quarterbacks, running backs, okay. Giant guy down at Georgia, like doesn't even have a big stat line, just... Just big. That's the picture that's going viral, right? Yes, there's a there's a guy who's six foot three, three hundred fifteen pounds, which is bigger than like ninety five percent of offensive linemen in the eighties. Okay, this guy, like that's a huge person, bro. That if that guy walked in this the building right now, I'd be like, holy shit. The only reason that that height and, and weight ever got like normal to us is we were around a lot of big people. Yeah, I try to tell people all the time. They don't realize that for me, my position, our position, yeah. I was always yeah, one of guy. the smallest guys in the room. Yeah. I was so kinda, like all, yeah. The, all the time, like for height and like weight stature. And what's your height and weight? I was 6'2", 290, 295. Okay. So, so, so you could be the guy in the middle of the picture <laughs> and as the picture pans out, there's Jordan Davis and he looks like Andre the Giant next to another cast member in Princess Bride. Like... He's <laughs> like, he's like, he's the biggest Russian doll. You know how there's Russian dolls? He's the biggest one. This guy is is the size of a doorway. And I saw him run this weekend, like up close on a field level video that went viral. He was he was tracking down. He had great angle too. He didn't need it. 
probably runs a four five. I mean, this guy was outstriding his torso. <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. He's the biggest Russian doll, dude. Six he, six three forty, my ass, dude. Every every away game, he definitely gets his own room. There's no way he no gets, chance he has a roommate. <laughs> he. D- can you imagine him being on like a twin, like no with chance, the, with a roommate? <laughs> no chance. Also, might snore. Okay, Cliff Ryan. Shout out to my roommate Cliff Ryan from uh, the NFL. Uh, he, Michigan State Spartan Dog, one of my best buddies I ever played with. We were roommates and great friends. Maybe not great roommates. He snored so loud I used to hit him with a pillow hard. I'm gonna take a pillowcase and fill it. Full of bars of soap and beat the shit out of you. Motherfucker wouldn't even wake up. Just hit him. It's 2 a.m. Playing the Jets tomorrow. <laughs> Fucking Brett Favre is going to go for 500 yards. Not even Green Bay Brett Favre. <laughs> New York Brett Favre. I'm getting four hours sleep. I slept in the bathtub one night. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, dude. This guy, they say 6'6", 340. I say no chance. No chance. The NBA... They undersize the guys. You know how they say, like, because guys want to get paid, they want to be skilled guys. Somebody would be like 7'2". They're like, I'm 6'9". That's what's going on here, and I have no idea why. The guy is huge. Did someone alter that picture? Is that just a straight picture? It's a real picture, dude. <laughs> and then there's some fucking average <laughs> size guy in a polo, presumably one of his coaches or somebody, and that guy looks like the smallest Russian doll. If he gets drafted by the Bills, last thing I'm going to say... He can make so much money off the the field throwing people through tables. <laughs> can you imagine? He would make more money if I'm his agent. I'm getting him to Buffalo. You know, you, he would make more money off the field than you know how people are like. Well, that guy's playing in that state, but he's going to make a lot of money off the field. Like Hollywood, the Buffalo is Jordan Davis's Hollywood. He could throw millionaires through a table daily. Vince McMahon probably already has him penciled in. Like, oh. hey. Like let's oh. let, hey let, let's see what the NFL is going to offer him. Let's yeah. we have way more to offer you. <laughs> Listen, I'm a mere mortal, man. Okay, I've played a long time in this game, but some of these young motherfuckers, dude, I just don't get it. This guy's incredible. So the OA award goes to Jordan Davis. We hope you'll be our friend and protect us. <laughs> hey, a worst plane ride also from the uh, Pac-12. <laughs> I mean, Jeff Schwartz, my guy, dude. <laughs> <laughs> hey Jeff, dude. Uh, you know, like I know Virginia got. I mean, we covered. Okay, we did that. We did that much, but we we just lost a game that was so frustrating. Uh, Pitt's a really good football team. Pitt is uh, like a pro ready football team. I always say this: like every guy that plays in the league that went to Pitt exceeds the expectation. I mean, they are just hardworking, smart, good teammates. And they're physical and they beat us but here was the thing we're actually good enough to beat them now virginia's good enough to beat pitt and we beat ourselves i like what you're doing here what i like how you're softening it up what? go go ahead and shit on jeff's team <laughs> i like how you soften you, you <laughs> no, no. soften that up i'm just i'm just saying like i was in a bad mood coming off our game but at least i had a lot of money in my pocket because because you know virginia easily covered that 14 point line or whatever it was so I'm like, oh, I should probably walk away. And Kenny Rogers should have been stuck in my fucking head when I texted Jeff and was like, what do you think? What do you think about Oregon tonight? What do you think he thinks about Oregon? He never doesn't like Oregon, okay? 
he was all over it. He hit me with stats against the spread. He was giving me ATSs, the whole thing. And I was like, you know what? Podcast does say you're smarter than me. And I fucking believe it. So I bet Oregon three different ways. And uh, those guys, there were a lot of kids around the country, young men watching that game like, hey, wouldn't it be nice if Utah could kick their ass and we could have a chance at the playoff? And that's what happened. So Kyle Whittingham, square jaw motherfucker. Him and Cristobal, I would pay to see those guys fight. There's a lot of testosterone in that in that game. That was the NO explode bowl right there, dude. Those two motherfuckers. The squarest jaws in college football just clenched 24-7 and Kyle Whittingham won. And it sucks because uh, I bet Oregon. So, um, yeah, tough plane ride home. That place rocks. Salt Lake City after dark. Stanford Steve said it. That place gets crazy. Utah. Utah. And a Bevel Conway. USC, UCLA. It's chalky, but it, it's the right thing. And by the way, the Jacksonville-San Francisco game today, thanks to uh, San Francisco, was in the running until I forgot that the most gorgeous game in college football happened this Saturday. Hey, I want to ring the, um, the bell for two teams, so to speak. I want to I wanna start like when a team, when I'm just out on them, just don't bother tweeting me and being like, why aren't you talking about my team as much anymore? Well, it's because they probably can't win the Super Bowl. And it's getting late in the season. And like football teams, like your football team, I'm tired. And so I can't talk for 20 minutes about every team. So once this fucking Hunger Game whistle blows, how does it go, the Hunger Game? What does the Hunger Game canon sound like? You know in the Hunger Games? <laughs> you know in the Hunger Games? When they blow that fucking cannon? Isn't that what they do when they die? Yeah. Or is it the whistle? One or the other. <laughs> you know what? Play either one for the Raiders and the, uh, and the Seahawks. So I'll get to the Seahawks in a second, but the Raiders are done. And when, when you asked me, and yeah, three weeks ago, I said, hey, I don't want to bury him. That was, three, that was three weeks ago, man. You know how this works? Your team plays bad for about a month, and uh, I'm out on them. Like, that's, that's how the NFL works. It's late in the year, man. Like, I don't want to talk about all these teams all the time. Like, if your team doesn't have a chance to win a Super Bowl, like after week 11... I'm fatigued, just like your team, dude. Some of these teams, I want to put them away. Sorry, Taylor. Taylor? No. Well, I, talking about the Jags every week is, is, a, <laughs> is a must. Okay, they're fun. But like some of these teams that are supposed to be good and they're not, it stops being fun talking about them. The Raiders, yeah, a couple weeks ago I said, yeah, like I'm not going to count you out because your alarm clock didn't go off. You went to New York, lost the Giants. Red zone, third down, whatever it was. I am probably thinking it's uh, high time to give up on the Raiders. And Sam Hubbard blew the, uh, the Hunger Games whistle, WDE, big bopper. He blew the, the Hunger Games whistle on those Raiders, and they're done. So, By the way, Burrow has not been the same since I called him uh, Tom Brady in Las Vegas. I remember doing it. I feel bad about it. Um, I stand by it. He still does remind me of Brady, but he has not been the same. He'll get it together. Uh, Joe Mixon, 
great, great day today. But the team that I absolutely want to shit on right now is the Seattle Seahawks. I hate that team. Am I lying? No, you, you, you obviously have hated don't. this team since 2019. Yes. Saying no less than 50 times, I'm never going to bet them yes. again. Yes. So I have a problem. You My have name's a problem Chris. and you have a memory. <laughs> I have a memory issue. <laughs> Reed's back there. You have a memory problem. And he just ducks from behind the machines. <laughs> like, like, like something happened. Like he got sucked into a vortex. He was like, fuck, man, that wasn't a CTE joke. <laughs> Buddy, it, it reeks up here. <laughs> I know what kind of joke it is. And yeah, I, I did forget that... Uh, <laughs> I did forget that I wasn't supposed to bet the Seahawks. When I got on the app at like 1, 2 a.m. Monday morning, like <sighs> looking at the next, you know, next slate, I'm like, oh, circling that game. This is perfect. Everybody's going to be on the Cardinals. They don't know that Kyler Murray's hurt. Turns out Kyler Murray didn't play, so the whole world knew. And the public was all over the Seahawks. And basically, Oregon, Washington teams... They fucked me this weekend. Pack Northwest fucked me. I bet them a hundred ways to beat the Cardinals, and I should have known better. My very own friend Zach Ertz just murdered me on third down, in the red zone. He spiked like fifteen balls into the first row in Seattle. Sixteenth play of the drive, shovel pass, Ertz touchdown. Because you know the 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 sweet holders are right there on the field. They're so close, all the little tech guys. His first of, touchdown, he got real close to those guys. Right? He spiked it and ran right up to Oh, him. he told him something. Yeah. He gave him a piece of his mind. Zach, you gave him a piece of your fucking mind. And I, like I, was, it. I like his swag. I was at home like, show some class, Zach. Nah, that's <laughs> swag. I like that. No, I know, but, you know, he was, he was – I thought he liked my kids and, you know, a little less money in the college fund. And so, um, you know – the Seahawks, I will never bet them again. <laughs> I promise you that. Okay, Reed? Right here. What do I have to swear on? No, we just Nothing need a, uh, a cannon slash uh, whistle sound. Once we That's do the whistle, yeah, when the whistle sound goes off, I'm done with you. And, and this is, we're getting high time on talking about what the hell are we doing here in Seattle, man. Like, Russ, it's all but, in my mind... Um, a done deal that he'll be somewhere else next year. Okay, and it might be... New Orleans. Uh, well, I was thinking it could be Philly, but... New Orleans. New Orleans, huh? I think that's... We're in like a triangle right now. We're talking Philly, New Orleans, and Seattle. And in those three teams, somewhere there will be Jalen Hurts and uh, there will be Russell Wilson. And I don't know who the third quarterback is, but... That's interesting. Yeah, I think, yeah, there's a triangle there. It's called the Sean Payton Triangle. So yeah, I don't know what the hell's gonna happen in Seattle. I, I, I feel like this era is coming to an end. And I'm not being overreactive. If you ask Seattle fans, they've been feeling like this uh, era has been coming to an end for some time. I don't know, the Colt McCoy show? Golly, dude, who was this guy? Colt showing up, man. Is that Aaron Rodgers, dude? Hey, he I thought I saw Aaron Rodgers out there in Seattle today, and th that makes no sense. And just like we're talking about, he knows what he's doing. Yep. He is auditioning for everyone. All he, the time, He dude. is a backup quarterback with a, what, an all-pro quarterback in front of him. Yeah. Like, so 
at the end of the day, this is the best worst case scenario for a team but to see to see a guy play like this. But now the price goes up. It's it's good for everyone. Yeah, could be bad for Colt in the long run if he wants to get out of there. But no, if no, he no, likes no. his situation, he's Here, doing what he's supposed to right now. Here's who Colt McCoy is auditioning for this fucking team right here because he he probably wants to play out the the rest of his days in sunny Arizona playing golf all week. And playing in in the new air raid offense, bro, in Man. the desert where free agents want to go, yep. and where you got a coach that looks like a sports agent and it's has a, a cool house, and it's a chill place to end your career. And he's had a great career. Who are we kidding with the quarterback like Kyler? Boom. These two to three game, hey, he might need some rest. He might be banged banged up. Is something that is always going to happen. Listen, I, I'm almost feeling like. If you play in this offense, you automatically get faster because Colt McCoy looked fast as fuck today. He was like moving really well. And he he was like, you remember that Bo Nix scramble play? He had one of those on third down in the second half. I mean, this guy was like, it, it felt personal the way he was beating the team I gambled on. Like it felt personal. It felt like he knew and cared. And it, 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 I'm not betting on the Seahawks anymore. <laughs> so I'm just going to put it. <laughs> If you're in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Tennessee, or Virginia, and you haven't yet tried the WinBet app, I've got great news for you. WinBet is now offering a 200% wager match for new users up to $1,500. That's just an incredible offer. WinBet is basically giving you double your first wager in free bets. Don't pass it up. Download the WinBet app today. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older and present in a state where win bet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too. 1-800-889-9789. The AFC, man, that's the, the lead here is that it's muddy. The three best teams in the AFC, if you look at the records, had interesting days at the best uh and at the worst lost and got their asses kicked i mean buffalo they got boat raced uh tennessee lost in the rain to houston okay everything went wrong baltimore heroics late but needed like everything to beat the bears in a thriller that really shouldn't have been that competitive but they're gonna need that game baltimore kind of proved how valuable lamar is i mean they just look they look ugly. Last week was, you thought last week was ugly? How about this week? You know, like, I think this was the best thing for Lamar's MVP chances was like, hey, last week we looked bad. We looked hapless. You, you want to see hapless? I'll give you hapless. You, you always say it, and most valuable player, it, it shows when that player isn't on the field. Yep. And how the team looks, how everything is running, they got the, they got the win, but everyone can see that, hey, this isn't the same team. Everything's kind of out of whack. Yeah. And when you clearly have everything running through a certain player, things like this get hard when you have to put a backup in. So for you know the Ravens, everybody's probably on edge, assuming we might not have Lamar. That's almost a distraction. You'd almost rather know like earlier. But of course, Lamar wants to go. Uh, but you'd rather know like on, on a Thursday, I feel like, as a football team and probably for Huntley too who's a Utah Ute, by the way, and that throw at the end of the game was probably the play of the day. 
the play of the day. He had Robert Quinn all over him. Robert Quinn, by the way, St. Louis Memorial Award uh, recipient this week. <laughs> Ball in, in obscurity. I'm sorry, there were so many one o'clock games. This was the game not a lot of people were watching. Three and a half sacks, he still got it, dude. He still got it. Shout out to Quinn. <clears throat> yeah, Quinny. But anyways, they blew up this Huntley kid and Sammy Watkins on a busted coverage is basically how they won that football game. Sammy Watkins is a guy who needed to have a big game. If you remember how he played last week, there were a few really rough moments. And so good for him redeeming himself coming back. Pressure's coming. Graham was providing it. The pass is caught by Watkins at the four-yard line. What a play by Huntley. But Baltimore, we got the 538 at our disposal here. As you know, I mean, like, it's an exclusive technology that only Greenlight Pod has. What's the 538 machine say about their playoff chances, Matt? 538 gives the Ravens an 82% chance. They're going to the playoffs, 82%. Now, if they lose uh, their Week 12 game with the the Browns there, go down to 64%. So the Browns have seemingly kind of fallen off a cliff, but again, I don't think the Ravens are that good. So that's a huge game for them coming up Week 12 a big swing. I'm doing my Karnacki thing here with our very special technology that only we have. And yeah, look at week 12, bro. It's going to be crazy. Kansas City, Dallas, though. Look at this formation. That's Kelsey in the middle of it. Fakes the handoff and pounds it in for the touchdown. We talked about how Tennessee didn't step up, okay? Buffalo didn't step up. This was going to be a week where you were like, hey, the best team in the AFC right now, Kansas City might have a a chance to prove that they belong in the conversation. After everything they've been through, everything that you saw in the early games, I wonder what Patrick Mahomes was thinking as he's watching some of these teams in the one o'clock hour. And I know he's not watching, but you know they have it on the the TV in the training room sometimes, and you can kind of follow the score loosely, you kind of know what's going on. You gotta be thinking, all eyes are going to be on us in a 4 p.m. slot where you know America is sitting down and they, they choose between Cincy and Vegas. Okay, no thanks. Much I love the Bengals right now. And Seattle playing the Colt McCoy-led Cardinals. They're watching that star. They're watching the star. They're watching, it's the first take bowl. And everyone knows that when you're playing against the Cowboys, at the end of the day, you're, you're going to have eyes on that game. It yep. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's funny that the team that needed to prove something today to prove that they were consistent was the Chiefs. And the team that was consistent and, like, to me, didn't have as much to prove was Dallas. I still think Dallas is very good here. But Kansas City came to play, and Kansas City is telling the world that we can still win this thing. Like, And I I don't know what it's going to take. I don't know if it's going to take heroics. I don't know if it's going to take this defense standing up like they did today. I don't know what it's going to take, but they're scaring people. So you said coming to this game, the way Dallas was going to win this football game was taking advantage of turnovers. They had created turnovers. Kansas City has a proclivity for turning the fucking rock over. So you were like, yeah, Dallas is going to get some takeaways, and that's how they probably win this game. Well, they got them around halftime when they were sputtering, and neither really ended in anything substantial. I mean, one of them, sack fumble before the half, they throw a pick in the end zone. I mean, Dak's being aggressive, God bless him, but, you know, don't take advantage of that one. Out of the half, they get the ball again, 
I think, in Chiefs territory, and uh, they kick a field goal. So that's the only, in that 15-minute span or so, they got three points out of three possessions at midfield, and two of those were set up by turnovers. So that's the thing they were supposed to take advantage of to win on the road, and they didn't. Listen, the, the offense, Zeke was dinged. Cooper was out. Lamb left at halftime. We said Tyron Smith was out. Talk about trying to protect. You got Chris Jones. You got you know Frank Clark, who's playing better. You need everybody. Um, they didn't have everybody. And by the way, throwing a number one made me realize the reason I hate single-digit numbers is because of my association with preseason. For many years, yeah, dude, yeah. It was number one. It was uh, this this wide receiver for the the Cowboys. For many years, preseason, the the single digits was when you ran out of numbers. Yeah. And so that's what I think I'm watching the fourth quarter of a preseason game. And no disrespect to the dudes who are grinding it out, but like it just reminds me of August. But the Chiefs defense is suddenly playing pretty well. Four games now under 20 points for them. They're trending in the right way. Chiefs jumped them, right? They scored like 17 points right off the bat or 16 points right off the bat. Mahomes is locked in. That's great. We'll talk about that. But it's no good if you can't play defense and take advantage of that crowd and take advantage of the energy. And they were hitting and they were going top down on this underneath stuff, and they were honestly doing a pretty good job on Zeke, and they were daring the Cowboys to beat them in the passing game. Like, they were fucking around in single high. They were they were up on the line of scrimmage. Uh, they were aggressive, and Spags has been known in Kansas City to coach this team better in the second half of the season, and you'd rather do that than the other way around. And so they're trending in the right direction. Chris Jones, three sacks on the, on the year uh, before this game, three and a half. Sometimes when you're slumping, relatively speaking, you need like uh, come a in big bunches. game. They come in bunches. They That's what everybody used to tell you on the sideline when, when you were like fucking mad waiting to get some numbers. Hey, they're coming, they come in bunches yep. and they came today for yeah, him. Dude, they did. And so three and a half sacks. What did he have? A, a pass breakup, a forced fumble, a fumble, a fumble recovery. recovery. Yep. Seven pressures. Yep. This guy was a machine. Honestly. His third sack, he barely, he gave Zach Martin his chest and just ran him over, bro. Like, he didn't run him over, but like put Zach in such a bad spot. This is a Hall of Famer that you just like stand straight up off the line like, ah, I'm just going to give you my chest and then yank you down and, and swim you. Hey, honestly, this team is only going as far as that defense. And I think they're great on offense, but Patrick Mahomes turns the ball over too much. And with that being said, if the defense isn't always clicking on all cylinders like they looked like they were today, it's going to be very hard for them to win close and tough games knowing that we have a quarterback that fumbles if it's warranted, like whatever yeah. it is, it just happens too much. So No, you're right. I mean, like honestly, that's going to be the catalyst just like it was the last time they won a, a, a championship. If you can get that out of them, they're going to be scary. I mean, they are. But if they're going to be average, like, you never know. Go either way. The other team that looks really good in the uh, AFC right now, if you did a flavor of the week, maybe you should be doing a flavor of, like, the last couple months because, quietly, Indianapolis has been just kicking the dog shit out of people. Second goal of the three. Wentz, Taylor, Doyle with a block, and that opens the door, and a touchdown on the game-opening drive by the Colts. Three-yard touchdown run by Jonathan Taylor, and the Colts score on their opening drive for the fourth consecutive game. You know, like a big pro-style football team, 
just beating people up. I love the new flavor of the Chicken NFL. And taking I love all the sideline to sideline stuff. I love all the motion. I love like and I yeah, Indy does some of that, but I just the the way the team looks kind of like a big ass running back, a, a punishing O-line <laughs> and a guy that kind of looks like one of those 90s guys. It's fun to watch. And they kicked Buffalo's asses today. And I I I got to ask, did the Bills just lose the AFC East? They didn't lose it mathematically but damn and i've been on this bill's bandwagon and now i'm finally starting to look for a, a safe patch of grass to mm -hmm. jump off but like you picked a hell of a week to get your ass kicked like this because the patriots sure do seem like they're figuring their shit out as you're unraveling this might have been an identity game for both teams and it's not a good identity for the bills and it's a great identity for the colts because the colts are playing hard nose like end of the year football, cold weather, gritty weather, we run the ball, we don't care, like we pass the ball and yeah. do all that, but when when it's getting time for season and snowstorms and rain and weather, hey, we, we have a running back that will run the ball down your throat all day long and that is hard for defenses to overcome when at the end of the season. It's a great, great identity for them to start showing and showcasing, yep. and guys better get ready. Yeah, they, they're, um, I picked them to win the division, and I didn't say shit about it until now. <laughs> oh, why did so you say So here we are. Anything, I mean, man. no. <laughs> Not no, I mean, no, I mean, like we said it on the pod, but then I shut up about it for a little bit. I mean, here's the thing. These two teams, ships passing in the night, right? We came up on that, but the Bills and the Titans – both lost today, puts the Patriots in second in the AFC. So this is important for a whole lot of reasons. A very interesting game for a whole lot of reasons. You get Titans-Pats next week. You get Pats at Bills the week after. So um, hmm. <laughs> it sure does look like uh, you had your chance here, Bills, to take control of the AFC East, something that's been – there hadn't been daylight in two decades. Dude, kids have gone to college <laughs> – since like babies went to college and the AFCs didn't change. I mean, it did with the Jets for a little bit, but you had a window here and it doesn't feel like you're taking advantage of the window. Now you got this quarterback who's shown flashes of being the second coming. He's also shown flashes of being like long flashes of being this guy we saw today. But they're a 500 team when he turns the ball over, 17 and 17. So when he turns the ball over once, who needs a run game? Analytics or something i don't know we'll figure that run game out later this thing was over before the half we talk about the middle eight middle eight showing up dude middle eight 14 7 right you need the ball back colts jumped this team i was watching the game without sound and kind of zoning out the team in white was the home team it felt like they jumped this team they kicked their ass and it, and it made the bills flat and they were on their heels early but they had a chance 14 7 to get the ball back what the Colts do? They ate eight minutes, 32 seconds off the clock. Um, and it could have been avoided, man. Early in that drive, you get a three and out, and there's an Addison penalty. Falls into Carson's legs. Flag. They get new life. Hines fumbles. You can't fall on it. So you had your chance, and you let the Colts extend their lead, 17-7. They had the ball almost nine minutes. Then the fumble that really ended the game. This is going to be my, my hollow man, the McKenzie fumble. Did you see the McKenzie fumble? Yeah. So this guy, I mean, God bless him. He's trying to make something happen. He's trying to cut. It was raining hard. He cuts, he falls, and the ground causes the fumble. And I know, dude, 
because this is the, the, the fumble that sets up 24-7. I know that's the play tomorrow in the meeting room that everybody just kind of like when it's coming up, you know that play when for the three plays before everybody kind of like straightens up in their chair and gets ready to not move like in a scene at the movies they might not even show it no they're gonna show it they're <laughs> they gonna might, show that shit they, they they might not they might just be like hey we all know what happened here you're right sometimes they do that they, though, they do do that which is love when they do that because it was i mean you know it, it, it's it's weather but you got to hold on to the you gotta hold on to the football you have to hold on, on one hand on one hand, I'm a human being and I have feelings and I, I'm definitely the hollow man today. But on the other hand, like hold on to the football man. And so that was tough. I mean, I know he knows he made a mistake, but that, that's well, where the whoever, game is. Whatever ended. coach is running that meeting, just hope he wakes up on the right side of the bed. Yeah, that's all. That's all it's going to be predicated on. Yeah, yeah. On. and then they <laughs> doink a 56-yarder before the half. So like think of all the points that swung uh, because of those few things. And, and uh, you know, the Colts are scary, man. If they learn to finish, you know, they're going to be pretty good. They're two games back in the division. Chris Berman could talk me into the fucking Colts. You know, like Chris Berman, when he uses that talk me into a football <laughs> team tone, give you that NFL countdown pep talk, like back in the day when a team would get good late in the fall and he'd kind of lean in. Like he could do that with the Colts for me. Uh, might be able to do that with the Eagles. Talk about that in a little bit. Um, but yeah, we they won six of eight, dude. Six mm. of eight. The two games they lost, Ravens, and the Titans, they blew leads, dude. So if they finish, they're going to be pretty good. And they've got the defense coming along that they can finish with. Quitty Pay. Quitty Pay. Yeah. And this is what, two games in a row with a sack? Yeah. So he was like, he started slow. But you don't realize when you're a good football team, it takes the pressure off that young rusher that's trying to learn. I've been there where you're trying to learn and you're trying to make a big jump. He's got a defense around him that's going to help him. Yeah, nothing and, like confidence and. But like, getting those, getting on the board again, they come in bunches. So the defense played well. They harassed Josh Allen. They had 16 pressures, I think, three hits, a sack. But the real knockout punch for them is uh, Jonathan Taylor, and the Bills are second in the league in stopping the running. Jonathan Taylor, he had five touchdowns today, 32 carries for 185 yards, plus four rushing touchdowns, season. This season, in 11 games, he has 11-22 rushing yards with 13 touchdowns, and then he has 322 receiving yards with four touchdowns. Set a franchise record today with those five touchdowns for, for the Colts. That's crazy, dude. Five five touchdowns in the NFL. Like, if, if a friend of mine in high school scored five <laughs> touchdowns, we'd still talk about it at the bar. For sure. He did that in the NFL today. He's a real weapon for them because here's the crazy thing. He's only carried the ball 20 times twice this year, the last two weeks. It was like Frank Reich, classic dad, you know, just like we can't take the training wheels off. Like, you I, know said, what I, mean? like, like I said, hopefully like, they don't change anything, but look, they found, you, found your identity. We're going to ease into this thing. You're going to do this the right way. And now, uh, you know, like you got this, this Porsche in the garage, man. This guy... You're going to be able to pound people late, and he's fresh because of it. And so, you know, if the goal was to surge late as this team figured it out, they're doing that, and Jonathan Taylor's fresh. He had five touchdowns today. The uh, Bills' leading rusher had five carries. So right now, is he the best running back in the league? Nick Chubb. Okay. Yeah, Nick Chubb. Men lie, women lie, numbers don't. First, first running back to a stack this year. Numbers sometimes do lie. Hey, I just want to be. I just want to make that. Hey, 
incredible. <laughs> I mean, the numbers are hard to argue with, but they're just numbers. You know what I'm I saying? You. I got you. <laughs> no, but you're right. This guy is putting himself in the conversation where I had to sit for five seconds and think about it. Yeah. Because this kid's pretty fucking good, and he's not even being used like they're going to use him in December. It's going to be a tough team to beat. I mean, they're built like a, like, a, like a team I watched growing up. How many people had him in fantasy at the start of the year? A lot. You think so? Yeah, I think a lot. He had to he had to compete, I believe, with with Marlon Mack at the beginning of the year. That feels like a million years ago. Reed, is that wrong? No, you're right. Marlon, Marlon Mack. Mack asked yeah. for a trade earlier this uh, oh, earlier this see. year, and last oh. year was. I Mack. see why. If John, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I see it's why. It's usually a good t- sign when people around you are hey, asking for trades. If you ask for a trade, you know in your heart, hey, this dude is good, uh-huh. man. TickPick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever visit tickpick.com that's t-i-c-k-p-i-c-k got rid of all the service fees that the other sites charge tickpick guarantees the best prices on all of their nfl games if you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site tickpick will give you 110 percent of the difference in the purchase price if you're like me and you can't wait to get back into an nfl stadium visit tickpick.com Newton will keep, got a block, Cam inside the 20, loping to the 10, and Cam Newton will take it all the way for the touchdown! You know, the word saunter is like a word for like walking like your shit doesn't stink. Like, I think Cam just sauntered into that building this week, and he should have. He should have enjoyed that walk, uh, and he should have enjoyed walking to the end zone a couple times last week, but they're coming back home. It's packed in that stadium. It's a beautiful day for football down there. The fact that these teams didn't score more points in these perfect conditions uh, says something. But it was like one of these things. You're fresh off you know, the bus. You haven't really practiced football. You score a touchdown like two, three days, and you score a couple touchdowns. You help in the red zone, which is one place that Cam really helps, the red zone. They were 22nd in the red zone uh, when they made this move for Cam. Not very good. Uh, they also turned the ball over a lot. Uh, Cam has not really turned the ball over, so even after today, uh, there's an improvement there. And just by doing those two things, I think when they make that move, they're thinking, hey, this is an improvement. And they're right, and David Tepper can feel good about it, and when he watches that that touchdown, that second touchdown, that that QB uh, keep in the high red, and, and, and Cam, all he's got to do is you get a kick-out block from the tight end, and, oh, I just have to beat the safety to the pylon. Like, safety's not really interested in tackling me. That's a nice little wrinkle to have in your offense. And they zoom up to Tepper and Tepper's clapping. And it's like, what took you so long, man? This is like a really low investment uh, opportunity for your team to win some games and be competitive in them down the stretch. We're here now. They got a big hole to dig out of, especially after, uh, after losing this game. But the first drive showed to me, you know, that an interesting irony is that like Cam spent so many years in this uniform as the guy that had to do everything and had to overcome for deficiencies when the O-line wasn't invested in, when the wide receivers weren't invested in, it was just like Cam. When you have Cam Newton, you don't have to spend as much on other stuff. You just, you can kind of, you can kind of disregard the other corners of your roster. You can kind of, you can kind of fuck it up and you're still going to be competitive because he adds multiple dimensions to your offense. Well, now, like this first drive right out of the gate shows that this situation is kind of flipped. That guy is now Christian McCaffrey. So no matter how long this experiment goes, if this is just like 
doing the relationship uh, metaphor, you know, you have a great couple dinners and you realize why you didn't like each other or why it just wasn't working the last time right after the season. Like they might have a really nice night at a nice hotel and it was really great, but maybe there's a reason they're not supposed to be together right now. I'm getting too Colin Cowardy. <laughs> However long this experiment lasts, this, this second act, it doesn't have to be about Cam. It has to be about like the, the defense they have on the field that didn't play well enough today. Um, and that running back that makes everybody look better. Like the first play of the game, CMC for eight. The second play of the game, Cam's first completion, a check down to CMC that he breaks a perfectly like easy, predictable vice tackle and makes a profit, bro. And then the dive pitch is even a little bit off because they're getting their time in together and CMC catches it on his back hip and runs for however many yards. I mean, like where Cam really helps, and by the way, the irony of Cam being back is his first sneak at home, fourth and one, he gets stuffed or third and one or whatever it was. But that same drive, he uh, shows why he's going to be so valuable for you. Talked about the red zone. Basically a triple option. Read Matt Bowen's tweet. It's interesting. I mean, like you've got a couple layers to this first touchdown to DJ Moore. I mean, just him taking three steps, and it was a nice call and a way to use your, your dude. He pulls that second uh, level of defense up and allows DJ Moore to sneak in behind. Like That's where he can help you. Look out for the jump pass and coming in the following week. Yeah, too. dude, it's coming, dude. It's coming. <laughs> Carolina was really um, actually lucky to be in this game because Washington fumbled in the red zone. They could have scored a touchdown there. They got sacked out of field goal range once. They left some points on the field, um, but the biggest sequence, middle eight, it was fourth and inches before the half, and uh, Washington takes a penalty. It goes to fourth and five. They go for it anyways. They hit uh, Carter on a crossing route. They just dropped him. Carolina dropped him. And at that point, I think it's 14-7, and it starts a swing that makes it 21-14 going the other way, uh, you know, dealing with either end of that halftime break. So, But Heineke made all the throws, man. He made them all. He made all these tight window throws that throw to Sims out of the half. The Gibson stuff was great, but this was all about the conversions. I mean, it was about his connection to McLaurin. McLaurin is a strong football player, dude. That, that ball he came down with in the end zone, he is so strong. He plays big. Him and Heineke, and Heineke's a gamer, and I think sometimes you might take this the wrong way and say, like, take me to mean you don't have franchise quarterback skills or, you know, like, I don't look at quarterbacks and look for any specific, you know, attribute. It's but, not an attribute position. It's been proven that they come in all different sizes, I mean, the one thing for me is I'm probably not going to draft a kid who can't move for the very reason that I'm watching Taylor Heineke and a guy who's learning on the fly and getting opportunities in this league has gotten himself out of a lot of trouble with his legs. And he did that today. Him and McLaurin connected early. You know, he had conversions with his legs on like third and medium, third and short. But he was great against the Blitz too. I mean, right? I mean, yeah, he was great against the Blitz. Five for. Five for six with two touchdowns. And then on the season, he's overall been great against the Blitz with six touchdowns, no interceptions. Yeah, and that's why I say he, he's just a gamer. Like, big situations, big downs, um, he, he, he converts. I mean, I, I don't know what to say. The guy, the guy I, I'm not trying to disrespect him. I don't know if he's, like, the quarterback of the future. But somebody asked me in the other room today, like, who would you rather have this year right now, like Heineke or Cam Newton? And I thought for like an unnecessarily long amount of time. And I'm not, I don't know if I'm ready to share my answer. 
Well, I don't I, like because today one quarterback played better than the other. And and that's not to say that Cam won't be much better by the end of the year, but like this is game one, okay, for Cam. I know that like this is nine straight games he's lost in a Panthers uniform. He'll win one here soon. It's just even, they got to hurry up and win them because the back half of the season is tough for them. And I'm going to say this. Even though you cannot take a sack at the yeah. end of the game as a quarterback, you cannot do that. I'm going to chew him a little bit of bail, and I'm going to cape for him and say that how many two-minute drills has he done? That's a big. That's a great and, point. And, yeah. and people, they might not be thinking about that, but for a quarterback to be in sync with your O line yeah. and running a hurry-up offense, he's probably ran a two-minute drill at tops four to five times this week. If they yep. threw it threw it into the practice that many times for him, but he's just been watching video, watching tape, and to be able to be on the field and simulate it with the guys you have, making sure guys are set before you're hiking the ball and all the things you have to do in that hurry up um two minute drill type of offense he hasn't had any type of work with that yet again this game is all about like the first thing i want to talk about is cam and all that and everybody wants to hear about cam with good reason but heineke and the and the washington football team they played the the better game and uh and and taylor was pretty damn good today so if if cam ceiling is that throw to mccaffrey to tie it at 21, they can be pretty competitive. But the defense has to be really good, and they weren't good enough. I mean, they gave up 150 yards rushing, basically, uh, today. And um, really, the thing you're afraid of is the end of the game, the thing you just talked about. Yep. Two-minute drill. With or without taking that sack, I mean, it was really tough their last two drives to move the football when you knew they had to throw the ball. And bravo to Washington's defense after losing your star key like rusher last week. Yep and coming back and playing the way you guys did, yep. and then to end the game on a sack. There's nothing better in the D-line room. Want to get through a couple NFC uh, big picture like playoff games, then there's some really good shitty games, uh, and we'll, we'll send you on your way. But Minnesota Green Bay. Greg Joseph to win it. He's got it. Vikings a winner. Yeah. Is that is this your life alert? This your life alert game? That is my life alert siren because if you are a Minnesota fan, listen to this. A lot of heart attacks in Minnesota this season. Week one, lost to a walk-off field goal in OT. Week two, lost to a miss field goal. Week five, went on a walk-off field goal. Week six, went on a walk-off touchdown in overtime. Yeah. Week eight, lost on a touchdown with 51 seconds to go in the game. Week nine, lost to a walk-off field goal in overtime. And week 11, went on a walk-off field goal. Yeah, no, I mean, like, the, the game, I even feel bad for Vikings fans. And listen, I'm rooting like hell against you. I hope you have terrible Sundays the rest of the year because of the, the business interest in it. But... You guys have been through it, and Mike Zimmer blows these games sometimes. I mean, like, uh, you know, I don't put it all on the coach. I mean, there's players on the field that have to make the plays, obviously. But they've been known to kind of let games slip. They gave up two 13-point leads today. And Kirk Cousins, like, turns into, like, the Eli Manning to Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. He really does. I mean, you just know. I saw him strolling into the stadium today. He was shit-eating grin on the pregame. I, was, I literally Did you see the same interview? <laughs> literally that that phrase was about to come out of my mouth just yeah, now. Shit-eating grin, Sh dude. Like I feel like when he beats someone yeah. like Aaron Rodgers, yeah. 
that like mm-hmm. he's at the local restaurant with yeah. that shit eating grin like yeah i i did that but he knew it coming to the stadium day they stopped him he had his suit on and stuff and they asked him he was just smiling the whole time because he knew i'm bigging up kirk cousins here but dalvin cook and by the way you can you can google what what's going on with him right now i mean you be the judge he's on the football field playing if more comes out on that we'll be able to talk about it more but like it doesn't look great but the football player since 2017 has changed the equation when it comes to the packers and the vikings having that dude all that he does out of the backfield that does a lot for the passing game as well everybody knows play action and uh and kirk cousins go go together and they they absolutely got after the packers today justin jefferson had a hundred in the first quarter we should be talking about this guy as an elite receiver okay he shares like a rare air i mean i don't know where you'd rank him but the guy's dangerous he's dangerous and uh and it's a weird pairing him and kirk but it really works it really does and today you had to be perfect to beat him you had to be perfect when he threw you a ball you had to catch it you had to make the most of it the first pick they got the kid from the the packers i feel bad for him if you played d-line long enough you've done this but he ends up face to face with uh, with Kirk Cousins, and it's a textbook, you know, fifteen yard penalty negates the pick you get. So that's your one chance. And then the second time, um, you drop a pick. Savage drops a pick at the end of the game, and that's on the uh, the drive that wins the the football game for the uh, for the Vikings. So they weren't perfect. They had they had opportunities. They didn't make the most of them. Um, and part of why I bet the Vikings was the uh, the Rogers toe. I mean, like I was hearing he was going to be slowed down. This guy looked like a robot again. He was rolling left, piss missile to back up tight end because don't forget they're down Tunyon. Um, and uh, he looked like Aaron Rodgers. The last three minutes of the game was bonkers. I mean, like crazy. One of those games you'll remember. Um, and the throw to Thielen that, that helped seal the game was up there with that. I promise you. It was up there for me with the uh, holy shit he caught that and he's still running with the football with the Minnesota miracle. I mean, th- that ball whizzed by my man Rasul Douglas's ear. And he, like, I don't blame him. It's just how did he fit it in there and how did Thielen end up with his footing and he was able to pick up another five, seven yards and end up in damn near field goal range. So it was crazy. It was a crazy fireworks finish. Five passing touchdowns on third down. I mean, this was a game you were just standing up a lot. You like that. You like that. My question is for the Packers, and when is Bakhtiari going to be back? He's That's he, a good it, question. It's been 10 months yeah. since his ACL, yeah. and unfortunately today— Adrian it, Peterson would have been back twice. Yeah, I know, but unfortunately today his backup, Elton Jenkins, went down I know. with the ACL. ACL. So, like, if he's not ready— yeah. What kind of pressure does that do to the to well, the organization, to to him as a player? Yeah, like you you know how you feel already as a player oh, when you you're not get back, when you when you want to get back, and you might even know in my in your head and heart, I'm not a hundred percent, but I can play. Yeah. I want to play, and it might not be the best decision. Yeah, well, I mean, he's gonna be he's gonna be in a rush to come back, and that's just the way it is. And uh, I mean, like David Bakhtiari is a tough sob and a great player and a great leader and i think that uh he really wants to get back there and block for his buddy so 
when you watch tape of 73, 73, the last time I saw him play, I think it was week three against Joe, uh, Nick Bosa, rather, sorry. Um, and Nick Bosa wore him out. And so, not that Nick Bosa isn't wearing everybody out right about now, but like, you need, to your point, a healthy David Bakhtiari back. But he's got to be healthy because what you don't want to do is, is have him come back too soon and be all out of whack hurt himself worse i don't know like you know be not be because when you come back from an acl your, your whole chain is working trying to overcompensate you don't want a guy rushing back hurting his back hurting his hamstring you need him down the stretch so the 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 low-hanging fruit right now is going to be we need him back next week but they'll figure out a way to, you know, to work around you know how a, we were, a fish on the you know how we were talking about all those kickers yeah. being called yeah. think about how many tackles are in that facility right now being tried out and oh man out. you're right you're right there's a lot of big six six 315 pound guys flying into green, green bay yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly hey y'all we want you guys to interact with us more on on social media here let me not sound like a fucking cop talking about this we want you to talk to us you know like sometimes you get on there and you're like hey y'all aren't talking to us just type us a message on one of the various uh I don't know, we'll be on VSCO soon. We'll be on all types of shit soon. So right now it's Twitter, it's Instagram, it's YouTube. Uh, leave some comments, man. You know, Twitter is at Greenlight and uh, YouTube, we're at Greenlight Tube. And uh, we're also always looking for free stuff. So we are once again asking you for random free shit in my Bernie Sanders meme voice. Uh, send packages to 2150 Y Street, number... 5267 that's charlottesville virginia 22905 thank you in advance for all the wonderful things you'll send us philly new orleans hurts keeps hurts cuts hurts has the first down and jalen hurts let him just put it away for the eagles touchdown his third of the day by the way the playoff bot what's the playoff bot saying all right, the playoff bot gives the Eagles a 38% chance to okay. make the playoffs. So you're saying Not there's bad. a chance. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the NFC, there's only five teams with a winning record. Oh, gosh, I can, I could uh, like, Philly, if the Eagles make the playoffs, it's going to be pandemonium. Chris right. Berman can absolutely <laughs> lean in and convince me that the Eagles are going to the playoffs. Absolutely. I mean, looking at these next five games, Giants, Jets, Washington, Giants, Washington, if I was a betting man, it looks like they should make the playoffs if they play like well, they, they need did to, today. If they, if they approach this thing seriously here, they could just take a yellow cab to all those destinations. They don't even have to get on a fucking airplane the next five, six weeks. They can go 5-0, and oh, and they can be staring down a, a wild card spot, dude. This could be crazy. And Nick Sirianni deserves some credit here because they possessed the ball for 37 minutes today. They've taken this this run game thing to heart. They've started a whole 50-50-50 movement. It's catching on like wildfire. Everybody's, got, everybody's trying to do it. They had that before the half today. They had it damn near before the half. So this guy, they were throwing flowers at him. Like, I mean, they were on his head. It was, just remember, just Halloween, a lot of people were Nick Sirianni, and it wasn't to be, like, kind. You know what I mean? Some, some people were going a little over the, and we were saying, be patient with this guy. People gave him shit about the press conference. Oh, he couldn't. This guy has done something I haven't seen a lot of very experienced coaches do. He's, he's tried to adapt, 
and he's tried to he's tried to self scout and change in his very first year, and they're running the football more. They're making things a little bit easier for Jalen Hurts, who's playing really well. He threw some great balls today. You know, after the Denver game, you're kind of like, ah, I want to be careful not to be bandwagony, but if he plays like this, he's going to make this decision hard on Howie Roseman. If he plays like he's played the last two weeks every week, there is no decision. Okay, credit where credit's due. He's playing really well. And the bottom line is, if he's not throwing the ball well one week, he can do shit like he did with the football late in the fourth quarter. Drop like three dudes, reverse field, head to the opposite pylon. He's so dangerous. And with this run game they got going, 175 yards rushing in four straight games, three, three out of four of them were wins. All three went for 200 yards. All three of the wins. Sanders today, 94 yards. Hurts, 69 yards. Howard, 63 yards. Boston Scott threw in 48 feet. Okay, they're just, you know, just getting rushing yards out of guys left and right. Don't forget my man, Boston Scott, but like they're blocking well up front. There was a highlight reel I saw last week of Lane Johnson in Denver on conversions, you know, signaling the chains, getting all hyped, blocking people, throwing them out of the club. You got Jordan Mailata throwing dudes out of the club today. Lane Johnson with the quote of the week says it was what, read like MMA? He said it was like effing UFC 286 out there. Like fucking you, son, I'll tell you, it was like, I mean, I could hear Lane saying that. But it was, I mean, Jason Kelsey's running an angry like 4-5 today, like around the corner just decleating people, going and getting more. He's 34 years old, whatever he is, his joints hurt, I'm sure. But they're playing hungry. Hungry dogs run faster. All the, those guys are getting... The Eagles are doing something interesting. They're getting better as the year goes on. And uh, I don't know what to make of it. And, and, and up front, they're doing their damn job. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Jalen looks awesome. Eagles playoff chances, 38. Playoff type games coming up. And this Eagles-Giants series, all the crazy shit that happens, that's where we got the uh, Daniel Jones uh, sniper thing. That was what birthed that. Like Some of the craziest, fun games I've seen over the last couple of years have been Eagles-Giants. Don't shoot the messenger. It's a big game. It's, it's a big game, dude. It's a big game. Slay with a pick six, too, by the way, today. He's been awesome. And uh, I want to, Troutman redeemed himself. Last week, he had a big penalty, the tight end for New Orleans. At the very least, he got the heat off him because he had a beautiful back shoulder catch. Simeon with a great throw. That was one of his like best throws of the day. But he, he just doesn't have enough to, to win with this roster right now. And, and the Saints are cratering a little bit. Lane Johnson was great in pass pro, too. Really good in pass pro. Okay, there was a couple crappy games I want to talk about before we take this thing home, but there's one game that's my... I love this kind of crappy game, the uh, the Houston and Tennessee game. You know you love the game when it killed all your parlays. I even hopped on the live line. Uh, I, I bet, you know, Tennessee live uh, money line. I, I think I got it at like four to one, and I was like, let's just have some fucking fun. You know, sometimes I think... I think it was a lot like when somebody, when they put a bag of meth in your hand, if you're a meth guy, you're like, let's just have some fucking fun. What? <laughs> what? That, that was how I felt betting Tennessee what? in the rain down like four scores. Okay. I was like, you know what? This looks like a perfect time to hop on this train. Please no one out there, if you ever meet us, ever greet us with a bag of meth. Don't do that. We don't want any. We don't want any. 
okay? <laughs> Titans, they've used 82 players in 10 games. 82 players. That's ridiculous, dude. Mike Vrabel should be up for coach of the year. No question. The way they've won football games, a bunch of different pieces missing. They've had to mix and match. At least sometimes when you get hurt, like the best thing is to just have the same guys hurt, to have the same pieces missing. They've been all over the map. Also, I think that the, this stadium, Nissan, the Nissan Stadium, I don't know what we want to call this award, and you guys can, can write us about this, but Drunkest Stadium, that had to be the Drunkest Stadium this Sunday. You had to be popped to be in that stadium out there. It was raining like, this was last Boy Scout type rain, dude. This was, it was a monsoon. David Cully was sitting there in his hoodie. Mike Vrabel was just, was soaked. He looked like a wet dog. Mike Vrabel... That basically counts as a shower for Mike Vrabel, I think. I, I think played, Mike Vrabel just went home, went in the locker room, dried off, and put his street clothes on. I, I played in a game like that, actually, against Cam Newton in Carolina. I was where, tackling Cam Newton in the fucking where, room. Where, the, where our kicker had to get a piggyback on an old lineman's back because the stadium was flooding to walk into the locker room. What? That's how bad it was raining. Tell the kicker to walk through the fucking puddle, dude. <laughs> what was the kicker's name? Was that Gold? No, this is, I think I was in Jacksonville. This oh, okay. is when I was playing for Jacksonville. Uh, yeah, Scobie. Scobie. Scobie couldn't walk the rain. Get Would he jump on like Andrew Because Noel you don't want to, like, you can't, you can't get your cleats soaked as a kicker. Yeah, you got to think about that. Fair point. <laughs> But yeah, no, like where I opted in, where I where I grabbed that bag of, of ice was uh, after the Titans who had, <laughs> Titans who had 426 yards of offense, Texans had 190 and won the game. Uh, Tannehill threw that pick to, uh, to Kamu, my dude. Kamu got hawked, by the way. Don't think I didn't see that. I just didn't <laughs> want to air you out on Twitter like Torrey Smith did. I was trying to be quiet about it, and Tori was like, you're just going to let Kamu slide like that? And I'm like, dude, everybody saw he got caught. I want to talk about Ryan Tannehill's try to tackle. Ryan Tannehill, I've never seen anybody want to prevent a pick six more than Ryan Tannehill wanted to pr prevent that pick six, man. I mean, he laid out like he was Clint Eastwood in uh, The Line of Fire. Is that the movie? Is that the movie where he has to take a bullet for uh, Whitney Houston? <laughs> Or am I mixing two movies up? You're definitely mixing two movies up. But in the line of fire, yeah, he, he takes he a takes bullet a for bullet, the president. Whoever the president was. <laughs> he took a bullet for Whitney Houston. <laughs> you're, you're mixing it up with the bodyguard. The bodyguard, right. Yeah. He was like both of those things. He was trying to get he was trying to get Kamu down so bad, man. I know that somewhere Teddy Bridgewater on his by was just sitting there. I don't know if he was in the Delta Lounge at like... At like the Atlanta airport, you know, he was probably somewhere totally inopportune. Probably like, in Miami. Like he was just, he was just sitting there watching, and everybody saw Ryan Tannehill lay out for to make a tackle like that. How many text messages you probably he, you think he got? Like, hey, none, because I don't think people are gonna bust his balls. I I think what happened last week was so uncomfortable that people don't bust your balls about it. No. I don't. I don't. I you don't think people think, are busting his balls in the locker room. I think his friends it. is like, "Yo, you you just not gonna try to make that tackle." Well, not after today. They're definitely because they saw Ryan Tannehill t try to take a bullet for Whitney Houston. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
so yeah that's a bad look so that's my maybe my viewing party one of those things david tepper gets the viewing party watching cam newton give him instant offense and maybe i'm the fly on the wall here i wanted to see what what uh what 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 he was thinking watching Tannehill. i love teddy bridgewater it's just gotta have fun with it guys gotta have fun with it they muffed the kick uh you know the whole thing they're down 19 nothing when i tapped in and the second half was beautiful dude i said this if anybody listens to the podcast, because we've had all types of people I didn't expect to listen to the podcast. If any of y'all like take photographs for the NFL or pictures for some media outlet and you were on like field level of that that beautiful, rainy, sloppy, shitty game, can you send me like a picture of Ferkser sliding in the rain on that uh, fumble recovery for a touchdown? It was a thing of beauty. I love those games, man. The most dysfunctional games are my favorite games. And uh, I was just happy to be along for the ride. It was worth the price of admission. Detroit, Pittsburgh last week, and this one this week, things of beauty. And Detroit, Cleveland, don't, don't get me started. That was ugly. Covering Campbell. He had Boyle to work with. Let me tell you about Boyle, the quarterback for the, uh, for the uh, Lions today, who was trying to beat the Cleveland Browns, who were a Super Bowl favorite for some people. <laughs> <laughs> Super Bowl favorite. Fuck, they've had injuries, but damn, dude, this team is cratered. And I really like the coach. But this, uh, this, this Boyle guy, he was at UConn for three years. He played 19 games at UConn. One touchdown, 13 interceptions, 1,200 yards passing. Transferred to Eastern Kentucky. 11 tuds, 13 INTs, 2,100 yards. His NFL experience is wrestling uh, Aaron Rodgers, taking some knees, and they trotted out here to try to beat the Browns. So I gotta hand it to Dan Campbell. I know I sound like I'm caping for him, but I'm not. This was just ugly. There was nothing he could do about it. QBR battle here. QBR was 6-7, Bakers was 8-6. I don't even know how QBR works, but I know that's not good. <laughs> Isn't it out of like 150 or like something like that? It's not out of 10. <laughs> okay, so. Not good. <laughs> Jets in Miami. I mean, we've talked about so many great games today, and we haven't even mentioned the Florida teams. We'll close it out with the Florida teams here. Jets in Miami, we had Flacco throw the ball 40 times, basically, in an NFL football game with like five days' notice. That just slipped under the radar. Um, Elijah Moore played really well. Xavier Howard complimented him. I don't know what else you want me to say about this game. I caught the onside kick. The onside kick was abhorrent. The onside kick, I heard a clown noise. <laughs> like the Higby drop last week. I heard a clown, I heard like an old, like a, a old fashioned cartoon, like something silly just happened, soundboard thing. Mm -hmm. That's what I heard when I saw that Jets onside kick. <laughs> the thing went like like the, the the hands team guy was like holy shit i'm giving my game check back this week this is easy uh jacksonville san francisco this is i'll say this i don't know if san francisco is going to be a like a playoff relevant team but this is impressive for them uh 13 minute drive to start the game <laughs> Had an 18-play drive last week, 20 plays on this drive. Mm. They, they Short week, long flight. Jacksonville's been playing better, all that stuff. San Francisco just kicked their ass. 
Seven and a half minutes left in the second quarter. Jacksonville had four plays on offense. So, hey, more Debo, please, uh, for San Francisco. He's so awesome. He's like their Cordero Patterson. Um, and I read this today, uh, or somebody alerted me to this in the third quarter, that the, the Jaguars' chief of staff, whatever that means, uh, left for Texas. He went back to Texas. He had come from Texas, and he's going back to Texas, which is a canary in the coal mine, if you ask me. Uh, my man is running back into a burning building. Texas is... Now, last time I called a program a burning building, it was Philly when Carson was throwing a bunch of picks. It's just a, an expression for shit has hit the fan. It's hit the fan in Austin, but somehow this guy's running back there in the middle of a football game. Uh, I don't know if I should read too much into that, but man, I just want to say I noticed that. I saw that. And big congratulations, Nick Bosa, uh, he has kicked ass this year. I think this year he's been a better rusher in some ways than his rookie year. And everybody was paying so much damn attention to him then. You need to pay attention to him now. Okay, they're just not very good, so you don't see them on TV. But he's been just throwing people around like he's uh, an action hero. How would you feel if you're a defensive player alongside Nick Bosa for San Francisco and watch your offense do a 13-minute drive to start the game? You go through warm-ups, and then you don't play until almost the second quarter. I'm thinking I'd be pretty tight. I think I would be pretty uh, pretty tight. I'd be, I'd be happy. Never, In St. Louis, you never had to worry about getting cold defensively. Our, there were two words I heard a lot. It was called sudden change. Sudden change <laughs> means hurry sudden up. The change. offense just fumbled the ball. Or the offense threw the ball away, or you know we went for it on fourth down again, and we were just, yeah. I mean, you got to hurry up. You run on the field. You grab your helmet. That's the opposite of what they they're dealing with in San Francisco right now. And guys, it can be hard on old players. Like if I'm old, I don't. I kind of maybe don't want to go play for a Kyle Shanahan team because I'm gonna have to sit there for a while and my hamstring might explode. All right, real quick, want to give out a, a non-football game ball. Penn guy, Ivy League guy, Hooper, Jelani Williams, okay? This guy suffered three consecutive ACL tears and dealt with the canceled season over the past five years. I mean, that's ridiculous, dude. And the fifth-year senior finally played in his first collegiate home game. I heard that. I was like. A few nights ago. I just wanted to, I wanted to give the dude a hug, man. Like, that's just so fucking awesome. Listen what, to this. Yeah. 1,795 days in the making. Wow. That is incredible. That's incredible. That's a long time. That's uh, that's longer than this podcast. Speaking of long time, uh, Fax hit me up the other day, said he's going to the card store to buy some Pokemon. So I thought I'd meet him up there and see what was up. Ended up buying a pack of baseball cards from 1975. Oh, yeah. Uh, as a joke, I pass fax the gum, and he chews it. <laughs> he chewed the gum from the 1975 baseball card. What did that taste like? Um, did you ingest it? Yeah. It, you swallowed the gum? It, it's going to be in there seven years now. It kind of, it felt like a piece of chalk. A piece of chalk. And it dissolved hey, really Cowboy, quickly. Hey, Cowboy, speaking of that, will you grab that Cheetos real quick? And I want to take a quick taste of these cold... Um, Applebee's Cheetos flavored. This is the crossover, huh? You want me to warm it up? No, I'll eat one cold. Okay, so the other day, I was watching TV, and that's my first mistake because I saw an Applebee's commercial. The subliminals got you? God, I really smell these things. I smell these things. Applebee's. They put Cheetos 
flavors and i think these are the flaming hot due to the um the color of these bad boys but the radiation yeah the radiation coming off them first off they look like fried shrimp is this supposed to be chicken but supposed to be chicken yep well i'm not getting an nil deal like that um lovable looking lineman out in the midwest that when he was in an applebee's commercial but flaming hot cheetos oh my god oh this is fire this is real good like it's all different like i know like two different flavors his look his looks like a little darker yeah dude this yeah, these are the flaming hot this oh, is man. good these are really good are these uh free range definitely, definitely free range mm. <laughs> no seriously Reed, these are really good dude you should have some of these they got a little cheetos aftertaste it kind of tastes like when you lick your finger to get the Cheetos dust off. I'm taking some of these home, guys. Because <laughs> I want to heat these up. Because they're good cold. So really one cold. flavor <laughs> is uh, Cheetos Flaming Hot. Yeah, mm -hmm. those are the Flaming Hot. Yep. And then the other is... Uh, Just the regular. The Cheetos Wing Sauce. Ooh. Mm. These are good, Doc. Great People, marketing. With that, we'll close the show. But thank you for the Applebee's, Reed. This is quite the treat. <laughs> and very good actually i think i just ingested five thousand milligrams of sodium so i'm paying for it but i should come out good on the other side huh see you at the crossroads crossroads well anyways nate that that about does it so um i told you that was an elite elite slate before it started and it did not disappoint um i'm gonna go get some sleep Hey, um, happy Thanksgiving, man. Oh, yeah, happy Thanksgiving, dude. I won't see you until after Thanksgiving. Yeah, hey, no. I'm thankful for you, dude. Bro, I'm thankful for you, and yeah. I'm, thank you for this. I'm thankful for this opportunity that you have given me, and thankful for all the producers and the Greenlight crew. Well, listen, man. And especially, especially all the fans. Just know we had to, me and Macon have two shows until we have to say that. So just for the record, since you motherfuckers thought I wasn't going to thank you. That was heartfelt, though. Reed was back there like, oh, you're welcome. <laughs> the host hasn't said it. We got oh, two shows, Reed. Dang. We got two shows. I am thankful for you. And this is indeed a great opportunity to smoke weed with with me and watch football and then talk about it after. I get to be what my, an opportunity. I get to be myself, man, and I love that. You are <laughs> the best. A, what an that's, opportunity. That's how we like it. All right, man. Well, uh, have a great Thanksgiving, and hopefully turkeys that you killed this year don't haunt you the rest of your life. No, Martha Stewart got one this year. One of your turkeys. We're going up, Kelly okay. Bronze. Okay, to Kelly Let's Bronze. Let's go. There you go. Get the plug. <laughs> Take care. Help support the Chris Long Foundation. Our mission is to bring together elite athletes and passionate fans to relentlessly serve our overlooked neighbors by creating solutions for clean water and education access. To get involved and find out more, Visit chrislongfoundation.org or follow us at waterboys.org. That's waterboys.org on Instagram.